This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart you can finally start to live your truthiest life. Welcome back, Truthiest Life fam. It's your host, Lisa Haim. If it's your first time here, welcome. You're all in for a real special treat with today's episode, which is all about the polyvagal theory with expert clinical social worker, author Deb Dana. About a year and a half ago, and keep in mind, I've been in therapy my entire life. I'm constantly doing self-work. About a year and a half ago only, so I'm into my 30s already, I stumble upon something called the polyvagal theory. I'm instantly taken aback by it because it's talking about the nervous system. You probably know that I'm nervous system obsessed. I'm always saying things like nourish your nervous system on Instagram. I'm providing tools about how to regulate yours so that you can be the best caretaker of your own body. And yet this theory was suggesting something very different than everything else I've been taught. Previously, I have learned the simplified version of the nervous system to kind of look like two different states. You've got your flight and fight and you've got your rest and digest. I've understood that. I've certainly experienced flight or fight. I've witnessed it in other people. And I also know what it feels like to be cool, calm, collected and be able to rest and digest. And I understood how the two of those work to keep us alive and safe from an evolutionary perspective. But when I stumbled upon the polyvagal theory, it talked about a response to trauma that happens where we completely shut down and go offline. This, this was it for me. This was the missing piece of understanding my 30 plus years that came before this. Why, when quote unquote dangerous situations arise, I put that in quotes because they're not actually dangerous situations, but when my body perceives danger, oftentimes I go completely black. I lose my words. And obviously that's a funny thing for me to do as somebody who is usually quite articulate. 
And I just go black and I shut down. My family, oftentimes the ones that get to see me, you know, the most up close personal and get under my skin, they always say Lisa just shuts down. And it's so frustrating because I know that I do and I don't know why. So polyvagal really opened my eyes up to understanding, okay, first of all, this is a thing that people do. There's a reason for it. And now that it's been named and identified and I get why it's happening, I can do something about it. So understanding this third dimension to the nervous system has allowed me in the past year and a half to start working through that barrier of shutting down and befriending my nervous system during those times when it kind of goes offline. It has allowed me to be more self-compassionate to myself, but also really work through huge moments of struggle where I feel in danger, but I don't realize that I'm feeling in danger and I automatically do something. So it's allowed me to stop being so automatic and be more intentional in the most unexplainable parts of my life. This blew my mind and I've been studying polyvagal for fun on my own for the past year and a half. And I still struggle to explain it to friends, to family and who better than Deb Dana to really come here today and explain the theory to you, explain the nervous system and help you learn tools to befriend your own nervous system. That's what Deb always says, how to befriend your own nervous system. Today's episode is short and sweet, but just enough information so that you can begin to digest the complexities of this topic and begin to use it in your everyday life. I hope that this has as big of an impact on you as it has on me. And I'm so thankful that I got to bring such an amazing expert on this podcast to us and have this conversation. Let's jump in. Let's meet Deb. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. Today is a very, I think, going to be a game-changing day on The Truthiest Life. We're joined by clinician Deb Dana. Welcome, Deb. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I love the name of your podcast, too. You do? Oh, thank you. It feels very welcoming and very like, oh, we can talk about anything. So I like that. We can definitely talk about anything. We talk about a lot of things. We recently had a sex therapist come on and women are starting to have conversations with their partners in really interesting ways. And I think I mentioned that just because I think it all has to do with what you cover, which is feeling safe in our bodies and our nervous systems and learning how to live comfortably so that we can engage in the different parts of life, such as sex, such as relationships, whatever it is, we need to feel comfortable in our bodies first. We do. Our, our nervous system really is is where it all begins. And we need to be able to find a home there, a home that welcomes us and we can be both regulated and we can dysregulate and have those messy moments and then come back into regulation to be able to find our way back to that place of safety and connection. So yeah, nervous system does all of that. I talk about the nervous system a lot. I have a phrase, nourish your nervous system that I'll, you know, throw on little Instagram stories when I'm feeling nourished to my nervous system, whether I'm in nature is a big one for me. That's really the biggest place where I can find it almost instantly warmer climates. But I know I'm a registered dietitian. I have a background in science. Not everybody does. And the nervous system is more abstract than the heart, than the liver, than the spleen, you know, whatever. So for somebody who's just joining in and they hear what you're saying, they hear, I do want to feel comfortable in my body. What is the nervous system? So the nervous system is, and in a way that, that I work with it is, is this part of your biology that has three different states 
that can help you feel connected and can move you into survival responses because the nervous system's job is to answer the question micro moment to micro moment, am I safe, right? And then to, to do something, if the answer is yes, to, to bring us into connection or move forward in what we're doing with, with joy and passion. And if the answer is no, then the, its job is to, is to enact a survival response, which is either that fight and flight that people are so aware of. So, so understand that one. Or the other one is the collapse disconnect, shut down. But that also is your nervous system. It's your biology taking you into survival or into connection. So the nervous system is this, you know, really it's, it's a system that begins in your brainstem and moves down through your body. And so it's a, it's a below the level of your brain system. And yet it communicates with your brain, right? It has, it has circuits that also communicate with the brain. So really you know, we can't ever separate a system. What you like, we can't say oh, it's just the heart, right? Because it's a cardiorespiratory system, or we can't say it's just the nervous system because it truly is an embodied brain system that we're talking about. So my work focuses on the, the ways that this system that begins in your brainstem and, and then goes down through your body begins the story that ends up in your brain, right? That's mm starts in the body. This is just an audio recording. You know, you're pointing to your oh, neck. It, yes. uh, Deb has her hands right below her skull, mm-hmm. right on the neck and kind of showing that it that it goes down from there. And as you say that, it brings up two things for me. One is how much we work on the mind and our mindset and our thoughts and and so forth and not necessarily on our feelings of what's happening in the nervous system. And number two is I am a recent panic attack getter. (laughs) I've had anxiety and depression my whole life, but panic attacks decided to start happening the night before my wedding. And how I'd actually describe it is a burning sensation on my neck. So I hadn't put this together here, but it it sounds like my nervous system was attacking itself. (laughs) What would you say was happening? What we would say is your nervous system was working in service of your survival, right? As crazy as that seems, as irrational as it seems, right? The day before, night before your wedding is not a time you need a survival response, but your nervous system was getting cues of danger or warnings from the environment, from um, between you and other people, or even from inside your own body. Those are the three places the nervous system listens inside, Mm. outside in the environment and between us and other people, other nervous systems. And so your nervous system was getting more or not more necessarily, but the cues of danger outweighed the cues of safety. There might not have been more of them, but they were potent cues of danger that outweighed the cues of safety. And then it brought you rather than into anxiety, which you know was the usual experience, you know how to manage that. It, it felt this was really much more dangerous, brought you into a panic attack. So what happens in that moment is the, the ventral vagal part of your nervous system, which is the part of our nervous system that allows us to do what you and I are doing, to connect, to communicate, to engage, to feel okay enough in the world to, to organize and move through the world, right? That part of your nervous system was overwhelmed. And the next part of your nervous system that takes control is the fight and flight system. And that's what you had. You, you had the, the, the anxiety portion. The, it's anger and anxiety. You had the anxiety portion of that survival response activate in an intense way and brought a panic attack. 
So just to envision the nervous system here, starting below our neck, we have the ventral vagal. I've, I've tried to read the polyvagal theory, which you'll, you'll break down for us in just a minute, so many times. And I get stuck because it's very hard to mentally digest. And it's, I think, a kind of a newer theory. And I, I've, why I wanted to bring you on is because you can put it into human terms for us. So what I'm taking away for our audience, for our listeners, is that the nervous system does a lot of things. It protects and sometimes sends us into negative feelings or states, but still protecting. And other times it protects in a positive way, saying you and I are safe to have this discussion. So a regulated nervous system, the ventral vagal is in control. Ventral vagal is overseeing the, the autonomic nervous system's experience. And that means that sympathetic helps you be mobilized in a safe way, works with your heart rhythms and your breath rhythms. And dorsal, which in a survival response takes you into shutdown, in its regulated role, brings you healthy digestion, brings you nutrients to nourish you. So sympathetic and dorsal have, have everyday responsibilities that are so important for our well-being. And it's only when ventral is overseeing that, the nervous system that sympathetic and dorsal can do those jobs. And you know, as soon as you end up in a survival response, whether it's you know a panic attack, anxiety, rage, or disconnect, shutdown, hopeless, all of your body systems get out of whack, right? Your digestion is off. Your heart rhythm is off. Everything is off because ventral is no longer there to manage it all. So we are familiar with sympathetic and parasympathetic. Right. How would you describe parasympathetic versus sympathetic? So sympathetic is that fight and flight survival response. So the nervous system is made up of parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, right? And the sympathetic nervous system brings fight and flight, anger, anxiety, right? As a survival response. The parasympathetic is made up of ventral, vagal, and dorsal vagal. Mm. Those two branches make up the parasympathetic. And it's fascinating, isn't it? Because one is the connecting, you know, well-being circuit, and the other is the um, earliest survival response of disappear, disconnect, shut down, collapse. But they together, they make up the parasympathetic nervous system. So we have these two branches, but three circuits. In my training, you know, limited to what I've learned in science and also my experience in therapy up until 2020, I heard of parasympathetic and sympathetic and very simplified as rest and digest or fight or flight being these two ways. And that made sense to me. It's something I talk about a lot with my students to try and help them form healthy relationships to food and understand how to properly digest food, the state of mind to be and how to get there, right? So we know those two, it made sense. And then I stumbled upon your work in the polyvagal theory, which talked about that other tier within the parasympathetic, which is shutting down. And I felt like the universe opened up in front of me and made a lot more sense about how I respond to difficult situations, triggers, language, other people's responses, because I'm the type of person that completely shuts down to the point where it's not voluntary. It's not me saying, I'm not here to participate. I don't want to have this conversation. My mind goes black. I don't have the words. I'm a very verbal person. Obviously I can articulate on a podcast. And when my emotion is at a normal place, but add in 
let's call it trauma, add in something that, that reminds me of my trauma, reminds my body of my trauma, and I go completely black. And that was the first time that I saw a theory acknowledge the unexplainable in me. Right. And that's the brilliance of Steve Porges' work with polyvagal theory is that it does explain that that experience that so many of us have. I mean, in fact, every human being has been to the dorsal place because it's it's a common experience. We may not go as ex- in, in such an extreme way, but we all dip a toe in it. We're, we're sort of going through the motions, but we don't really have the energy to be present doing it. That's a flavor of dorsal. You know, you talking about minds blank, can't think, no words. That is a, that is a true dorsal experience because we're, it's a wordless place, right? We're, we're, the body goes into conservation mode. Our prefrontal cortex is no longer working the way it needs to, right? And it's, it is the oldest survival response in our nervous system. Right. And so to, to have it named and to be able to then map it and say, oh, that's where I was. So no wonder I couldn't. And when you said, you know, it's not a choosing to not be here. The nervous system is, is, is a, it, it just acts. It's not a, it's not a cognitive choice. It's an autonomic when your biology takes you to that place. Right. You might make a decision other times from a place of regulation and connection where your brain is working with you. And you might say, oh, I don't really want to be in this situation. I'm going to leave. That's a very different experience than than being taken to dorsal where you have no words and can't be present. Right. So before polyvagal theory came around, we were looking at a very oversimplified version of the nervous system, rest and digest or fight or flight. Yes. And, and, you know, most trauma survivors, you know, like you, you know, we had this experience of, but wait a minute, that doesn't fully describe my experience. Right. I'm not a ragey person. I don't fight back. I don't run and I don't fight. So (laughs) it never settled with me. Right. Right. And so, you know, finding, you know, these three states that exist for all of us, normalizing it, you know, taking away the, the, the shame, the blame, the, I'm not choosing this. It's my nervous system choosing it for me to keep me safe. And if we can bring some, you know, understanding to that, then we can find ourselves. I like to say my clients find themselves, they see themselves in the science, right? Which is what you did. You found yourself, oh, that's my experience. And when you understand it, you look at it differently, right? It's a lovely thing to do. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. To be able to make sense of your human experience, not only expands your ability to be compassionate to yourself, but it changes what happens the next time you feel it. Because it's not just my mind went blank, I have nothing to say. It's, oh, I'm in dorsal right now. I'm triggered. My nervous system has been, I'm going to say hijacked. Is that an okay thing to say? Yes, you've been hijacked by the state is how I would say it. So dorsal hijacked you because it, it, it really felt so much danger, right? And the word we, you know, neuroception is the nervous system's way of taking in information. So I love that word, a word that Steve created because perception involves the brain and this is not a brain experience. So neuroception. So we might say your, your nervous system neurocepted an intense level of danger and then you got hijacked by that dorsal state because it was trying to keep you safe. How new is this theory? You know, the theory's been around since the 80s. Um, It's just that it's really only come into the clinical world um, more recently. You know, Steve presented at a clinical trauma conference in the 90s, but it's taken a while for it to find its way. And and I think probably, you know, Steve would say the same thing that his work, he's he's a research scientist, Right. And he writes like a research scientist. And so, you know, clinicians would say this makes perfect sense, but I don't know what to do with it. And so, mm. you know, I, I, I loved his work. I fell in love with it when I when I read it and was like, there's the missing piece for me, for my work, for my clients. And then it was, you know, so I'm going to translate it in a way that, that people can use and understand. So it's becoming more out there in the world now, which is great. And how are clinicians responding to this after years of training, Ivy League training, going to all these schools to find out that there's more to the nervous system than they were taught. It is a fascinating thing because your your training as well, you know, your science background, you you were taught parasympathetic, sympathetic rest, digest, or, you know, fight, fight. That is still being taught today. So in medical schools, in, in, in training programs, people are still learning the old way, which then as they come into a, a clinical training program, or even as we reach out, you know, to talk with doctors and, and people in the medical world, and they learn this way, it's like, it makes sense to them, the light bulb goes off. And then they have to, it's like a paradigm shift, right? So we're asking everybody to do this paradigm shift after they've spent years learning a certain way. But what I've discovered is for clinicians anyway, once they begin using it, it's an easy adaptation for them because it makes perfect sense. And their clients go, oh, now I get it, right? That's what happened. So would you say that all therapists are familiar with polyvagal or probably not? <laughs> You're laughing. I'm laughing. Um, my, my wish is that the language of polyvagal would become a, a common household language. Um, you know, I think it would be great because it's about how we're human. Clinicians, I love that they're learning and they're coming to training programs and there are lots of programs out there to help clinicians understand. And I get emails all the time. And I think we need to reach beyond clinicians just to curious human beings. What speaks to me about polyvagal as I was 
kind of reflecting on this today. And you said like the hardest part, and I've listened to podcasts. I've, I've tried so hard to wrap my non-clinical brain around the polyvagal theory and I walk away with something each time, but then I have a hard time translating it to a friend or having it in conversation. But it, it kind of reminded me today, as I was thinking about when are the times that I have really accessed my nervous system in a certain way and unlocked safety. And it has always been one of the ways, at least through movement, meaning when you <laughs> move your body, take, you know, the, the typical reasons people exercise out of the equation, not for calorie burn, not for PR, you know, all these words that people do for all of that. When I've moved in a very primal way, let my body lead. I have felt the communication work the way it's supposed to, meaning body is communicating to mind and mind is responding to the body. Do you think that movement could be a way to help people get better in touch with their dorsal, even the dorsal part of their nervous system and create safety in those places that they're afraid to go? I don't know if that question even makes sense, but <laughs> it, it, it does because we, we do need to connect with our survival states. I call it an anchor from, a, from an anchor in ventral, from an anchor in safety and connection. I can then visit sympathetic and dorsal and hear the stories that are held there and, and feel into the experience safely and not get hijacked by those states. That's, that's really the work of trauma processing, right? Is because your trauma stories are held in survival states. They're not held in, in ventral. In safety and connection, we can listen to our stories. We can be informed by them, but, but they're not active and alive in that way. And so, yes, I think movement is, is one of the ways um, that you can um, come into connection with, you know, you start by connecting with, with ventral and then you can, you know, explore through movement. What would sympathetic feel like, look like, sound like, right? What would, what would I do here? And then dorsal. And I, I do want that in my training programs. Usually I, I do hand motions um, because many for many clients, a full body movement is, is scary, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But hand movements, and you can just very gently start in, in ventral and what's the hand movement and then move to sympathetic, then move to dorsal, then come back to sympathetic and end in ventral. Because what we're trying to help our nervous system remember, it already knows this, where I tell my clients, we're just reminding your nervous system, it knows how to do this. It knows how to go down the hierarchy, ventral, sympathetic, dorsal, and come back up finding its way to ventral safety again. The nervous system knows how to do this. We have to uncover those pathways and remind it that this is how it it travels. Movement is a wonderful way to do it. Music is another way, listening to music, right? You've got music that can, you know, music has a paradoxical effect on us. We can be with our sympathetic anger or anxiety through music safely, or we can be in dorsal despair, hopelessness safely with music. You know, often with with lyrics, right? Because there's somebody else. I'm not really here alone, which is great. But sometimes it's just instrumental, but we can feel it. But we're still, you know, have that anchor in ventral so we can be with. That's the work of, of you know, befriending your nervous system, I call it, is, is to be able to, to, to be with all of our states safely. Mm, it speaks so strongly to me, thinking about how in different parts of my life, music has helped me move through an emotion safely 
uh, because of, you know, hearing somebody else has been through it before is a huge one. But how powerful I think music is. It's not just something we listen to and, and that's all we do with it. It really can, it's, it's art in the sense it can take us to deeper parts of our selves, which I've never thought about music before, really been able to put my finger on it. So I love that. When you talk about hand movements, is that something you could elaborate on in the podcast or is that a hard thing to do without the video? We can try. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do it and you're going to see it, but we can, we can describe it. So, uh, you know, I started and, you know, your listeners can do this by just feeling into a place of feeling safe enough, welcomed enough to let your hands begin to move. You talked about your body, let your body move. Just let your hands begin to move in a way that represents this state of, of, you know, okay, safe enough, organized enough, welcomed, right? And often I, I know movements when I watch people have some sort of a circular motion, they don't always, but there's a, there's a flow and a rhythm to it. So we start there, right? And just let that sort of unfold. And then we're going to take a step into sympathetic. So invite your, your hand motion to represent that sympathetic fight flight energy, and it'll get fast. It'll get jerky, right? Sympathetic is disorganized, chaotic energy. So you're going to have that feeling and then drop down to dorsal and dorsal. It's almost as if there's no movement, but you want at least a tiny movement because you don't want to get frozen there. You want to feel some tension. Yeah. So, so I, you know, my hands, I just have a very gentle finger. It's just pulsing a tiny bit. Got it. Right. And then come back through sympathetic, that disorganized chaotic energy, and then end back up at the top in that beautiful flow, the rhythm of ventral. And that helps you understand the different energies, how energy moves differently through your nervous system, you know, as you move through states. Right. The energy in ventral has some sort of a rhythmic flow. The energy in sympathetic is disorganized, chaotic, overwhelming. And the energy in dorsal is, is there, there's a lack of it drains from your system. And so energy is another way that I like to think of, of connecting with the nervous system. you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
What are some other ways that we can befriend our nervous system when we're feeling triggered? So, you know, in the safe environment, you and I in a podcast, nothing crazy going on. It's a little bit easier to say, okay, this is what it feels like. This is what I can do. But the other day I got a text message that jolted me. It was seven in the morning. It was early. I wasn't prepared. And the words made me feel I guess in danger. That's not what how I would say it. It would say probably they pissed me off. They made me feel disrespected. But danger is obviously how my body reacted to it because even though I knew, don't write back right away. Don't write back right away. Don't write back away. My fingers were going as you know as soon as I I could. I know you're covering your face. I was as intentional as I could be, but you know I was still seeing red, which is my fight or flight, which is actually not where I normally operate. But I was protecting of something. So what would you say in those moments where we are to you're laughing at me? <laughs> well, I mean, we've all done that. So everybody's going to say, oh, yeah, I knew I shouldn't, but I did. Right. Because, again, the prefrontal is not there helping us make good decisions. So a couple things. One, what I like to work with with people is to to find resources that help you come back to ventral when you don't need them right? Because in that moment when you need it, if you haven't already practiced that pathway, it's hard to find it. One thing that I would do with clients all the time would say, so, you know, let's, let's set up a, a you know, a if then statement, if you get something and you are responding and you're not regulated, you don't have enough ventral, then what are you going to do? And, and creating an if then is helpful because then you say, okay, then I will what? I mean, what might you have done if you had an if then? If you know you were not inventory, you were still seeing red, then what? What would have been something you could have had pre-planned? To calm myself down? Yeah. To, or to, to, to not send the email back. Right. Maybe just grab a journal and just write it out for myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, something like that. You know, I had clients who would say, I'm going to, I'm going to take a walk and come back. I'm just going to go find the dog about the dog. There are all sorts of ways. These are ways that our, our ventral system begins to come back online. Right. And so to create a, a menu of those things when you don't need them. And I have people write really create a menu. And if you're creative, you can have fun with this. You can, you know, it can be colorful. It can be, you know, illustrated, but this is my menu of things that help me find my way to ventral. Because then in that moment, I can just look at the menu and read it because my prefrontal is not here, but, oh, I've already done the work. Right. So now I can just grab one of those, you know, and so, oh, I yep, can't, can't go for a walk right now, but boy, I could go make a cup of coffee, right? Whatever, right? So you have a, a, a variety of choices because sometimes one choice just, it feels, I can't do that, right? I know I need to do something, but that is just too much for me. But boy, I could do this. So that's what we want to do. Cre- create a menu of choices, finding your way to nature, whether it's, you know, being out in nature or simply looking at an image of nature, you know, finding, having an image around your place, having a, um, I have, you know, beach rocks all around my house. Beach rocks for me are, are a way that I can quickly grab a beach stone and feel, feel it mm-hmm. connected, right? All these ways, simple things. We want simple ways to find enough ventral so that my prefrontal is then going to work with me and I can figure out what I want to do. My niece and nephew, they just moved from, I live in the suburbs. They were here at a public school and they moved to Brooklyn and they're going to this Montessori school. And as you're saying, talking about this, all I'm thinking about is how grateful I am that my self 
learning and the therapists that I've worked with have taught me these skills in my adulthood. But how amazing would it have been as a young person trying to make sense of the world, sense of my emotion, sense of my body, trying to get heard by adults if I felt unsafe to understand what was happening to me. And it reminded me, my, my nephew's dad was telling me, Hunter's doing amazing. Sometimes he'll get really worked up and he'll just say, dad, I need to go meditating. And he'll, you know, he's, he's four years old and, you know, he, I need to meditate. And he goes into a corner and he sits there for a minute and, uh, you know, you're, it's so beautiful to hear about a child learning in school. Hey, I need a minute and learning how to take that. And, and, and being, being offered that, you know, schools, I love the school that, you know, that little one is in because most schools don't offer that, right? We say fit into this system. And it doesn't involve, well, you can go sit in the corner and take a moment. Right. Right. You know, sit there at your desk and, and figure it out. When the nervous system is saying, I can't sit still, I can't sit still. Right. And we make meaning out of that kid's behavior rather than saying, dysregulated nervous system, what does it need? Right. Mm-hmm. That's really the question we're always asking. What does the nervous system need in this moment to have enough ventral to, to be here and engage. And so your nephew saying, I need, I need a moment. I'm going to go meditate. I love it. Somebody else might say, I need a moment. I need to go run. It's just so profound to think about all the people that get into trouble in this world. If they were offered information, how to, as you say, befriend your nervous system, even learn that they have a nervous system, understand why they see red, why they have rage, why they want to throw a stone at a person's face. You know, everybody experiences trauma on some level. I had a a great trauma therapist on, on earlier this year. And I think, you know, hopefully my audience understands that trauma, everyone listening, if you're alive, you've experienced trauma. Therefore, you will have a response to your trauma. And imagine if you were offered a tool to say, this is normal, what you're experiencing, and there's another way to respond to it sometimes <laughs> when it's accessible. And, you know, we, we all have messy moments, all of us. And, and, you know, to understand that it's normal and expected. And when those messy moments happen, we find our way back to regulation in some way at some point, And then we can, you know, clean up the mess we made. We can make the repair that's needed. And if the people around me understand, wow, you just got hijacked by your nervous system. I get it. It wasn't that you, you know, don't like me or wanted to hurt me. It's that you were dysregulated. It's an easier repair to make because then we can begin to work together. So when we, you know, look across the, the way and we see somebody behaving in a certain way, instead of making up a story about who they are, and why they're doing that, we can simply be curious about, ooh, dysregulated, I wonder what's going on, right? It's a very different, different experience. Think about it with, you know, partners and colleagues and, you know, family and friends. And, you know, think of a moment when one of those people was was acting in a way that that, you know, either felt hurtful to you or felt, you know, dismissive of you or, you know, didn't show up for you. And instead of making that story that we all make up so quickly as human nature to think, wow, I wonder what dysregulated state they were in that then brought them to that place where they couldn't, you know, not that they didn't want to, but they were biologically unable to be here for me. Right. It really just adds a layer to the conversation of compassion that I think is so easily missed when, you know, I'm just thinking about people in my life who I love very much, but they, say things, they do things repetitively, they're in their own way. 
And historically, I've had to create boundaries, of course, to protect myself. But oftentimes I forget about the boundary and I just want to cut them out. Right. But then I remember that they are living with a dysregulated nervous system to which they know nothing about. And, and what a gift for people to begin to understand their nervous system, because, you know, then, then we, we can have a bit of uh, self-compassion, I think is, is harder to get to, but curiosity, that's where I start. We can be curious, right? Ooh, I wonder what's going on or why did it happen or what's happening? Self-compassion is, is sort of down the road a bit, we get there, but curiosity is where we begin. And, and I think curiosity is, is a powerful experience to have, right? I'm, I'm not locked in the story anymore. I'm curious and I wonder. It sounds like you do a lot of mindfulness techniques with your clients or with your um, other clinicians that you train. Is that correct? You know, I, I probably would not call them mindfulness because as as we know, for most of us who have a trauma history, mindfulness is a bit scary, right? Because as we begin to slow down and go inside, it can be terrifying, right? The nervous system can say, oh, this is not safe. <laughs> so I would do mindful moments. That's probably as far as I would get with my clients. Let's have a mindful moment, a drop of mindfulness, right? But what we do do, and what I think how I would frame it is we're bringing into explicit awareness these implicit processes that are happening. So in that way, it is a mindful experience, right? We're bringing into awareness and we're turning toward the experience and, and spending enough time with it so that we can get to know it and, and begin to, to figure out what are my habitual response patterns? Because when I know what the patterns are, then I can begin to reshape them. So in that way, it's a, it's a mindful exercise and, and it's probably just different languaging, but mindfulness was always something that, that my clients struggled with. Mm, okay. That's really great to hear. I know that I've definitely tried to use that language with loved ones before and they too uh, put up the, the arms of no, get away from me with that stuff. <laughs> so that, that's so important to also think about how language can make things more approachable for different people. Yeah. And one of the things we do in, in our work is to, you know, ask people, what does your nervous system want, you know, for language, right? Mm. So, you, you know, you might love mindfulness. I'm happy to use mindfulness. If your nervous system says, that's what I want, you know, or you know, somebody else might just might like awareness or attending or noticing, right? It's just, there are all sorts of ways, but your nervous system is going to have a response to language, right? And, and I think the this kind of work is about, you know, always asking the question and, and being really attentive to how does that nervous system want um, to be met, right? And it includes language and it, it includes all the ways we connect. It, it's always an invitation because as soon as I make a judgment and, and tell you how we're going to do something, your nervous system is going to feel endangered, right? So it's an invitation. What do you think? What if we explored this? right? We don't have to, you know, it's an invitation. That's what we're trying to do because our nervous systems, again, are these sensitive systems, exquisitely creative in keeping us safe. And as soon as the nervous system feels like it, it doesn't have choice, it has a response to that. It is simple as, as a word that feels like a demand rather than an invitation. It'll have a response. And so that's what we're trying to do. It's, it's interesting to play with that, right? If I say, you know, we're talking about, you know, food and exercise, you should, you know, go exercise three times a week. 
you know, nervous system goes, Ooh, should is not a, not a welcoming <laughs> word. Right. It's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So even in the language it's, it's yeah. versus how would it feel to move your body a few times a week? Sounds like an invitation, right? Right. Even the word exercise and move your body, very different nervous system response. Absolutely. And the nervous system doesn't work on the no pain, no gain, just power through principle. The nervous system wants to be honored and wants to be stretched so that it shifts a bit. But when it says no more, we need to listen, right? Because once you push beyond that point where your nervous system says, oh, that's, that's good, right? That that's just the right place. If we keep pushing, it's then going to again, take you into a survival response. And then the system is closed to any more change. You're just fighting back against those old habitual pathways. And we don't want to do that. Thank you. I feel like you really simply put into words what's really hard to put into words. And that's, that's kind of your life's work, I guess, putting the, all of this complex stuff into usable form for clinicians, but I think also for people like me and my audience who just want to better understand their biology to work with it. So how can our listeners find out more about your work? I know you've got a great book that came out recently called Anchored. I love it personally. So we'll link that in the show notes. Where else can they go? Uh, my website, rhythmofregulation.com. And it has some free materials. It has things for curious human beings, for clinicians, more stuff coming all the time. So it, it, it's kind of the place where I get to play and be a bit creative. So come visit there and see what you think. Perfect. I think that'll be wonderful. Thank you for your work. And thank you for having this conversation with us. I feel like it just is the perfect amount of digestible information regarding polyvagal to really help us figure out how to use it or begin to think about it more in our lives. Thank you, Deb. Thank you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.